Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Well, hello. Uh, this is The Last Laugh. I'm Matt Wilstein from The Daily Beast, and I'm here in the studio today with the very funny actor Natalie Morales. Hello. How nice are you? To, nice to meet you, Natalie. You too. Thank you for coming in and doing this. Happy to be here. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the reason I wanted to have you in for this uh, very special episode is you have a, a new uh, scripted podcast coming out uh, called Ellie in the Wave. Correct. Um, can you tell us about it? You know, it's a scripted story uh, about the end of the world, but it's a comedy yeah. <laughs> in a sense. It's not, I don't know. It's a, it's sort of a life story. It's, it's um, in the near future. Uh, I would say like 30 years from now, uh, a computer virus hits, sweeps the globe and erases uh, everybody's data, like photos, emails, medical records, literally everything. And by that time, nothing is on paper anymore. Mm-hmm. Everything is digital. So it really just like all your text messages, all your photos, all your videos are gone forever. Yeah, so it's sort of about like what would happen if that happened and how it would how it would affect not, people. Not entirely. It's mm-hmm. mostly about this one woman's mm-hmm. life. And uh, she decides before the virus hits her she is going she bought the, these like eight tapes at a pawn shop and she's gonna mm-hmm. record um her, like the sound of the videos mm-hmm. of her life and uh and also talk about her life and just have a record that's yeah, kind of uh, preserve, analog preserve yes that. yeah i got to listen to the first couple episodes oh cool um and really enjoyed it i Thanks. mean it's, it's very unique uh story and i think yeah it is about it's sort of less about the the tech element of it mm-hmm. more about memory and and how you you know looking back on your life yeah. and how, how what what that what memory means in this time when everything is is recorded yeah because it's not i mean it's not like the end of the world but it, it is the end of the digital world right mm-hmm. so it's like yes it's a huge deal but like no one is dying except for maybe those who need their medical records <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you know um and there's a bunch of really great people in it like uh paul Shear and june diane are in it and uh and josh rubin and uh, like just a really talented comedy actor serena fialo's in it um it's just it's really angela trimber's in it it's really fun yeah. yeah. So, and you're also a producer on it, yeah. right? So, yeah. how did you kind of get involved in this project to be? Well, with? they asked me to do it, and I was like, only if I could be a producer. <laughs> <laughs> and why was that? Because I'm a control freak, apparently. <laughs> no, um, because I was like, well, if I'm going to be talking for you know eight episodes, I I just want to, and I'm going to contribute anyway, like as far as you know, my thoughts on the creative because Mm -hmm. uh, Dan Powell, who um, executive produced this, who also, you know, he executive produced Inside Amy Schumer. He's just like a Mm -hmm. delightful comedy genius. Um, He was very open to collaboration too. So I was like, well, (laughs) 
give me a title. <laughs> no, yeah. uh, it was just because I, I really believed in it and I really liked the project. So I wanted to be involved with it in as much in many ways as possible. Yeah. I mean, it, as you said, it is a lot of you talking. Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, sorry. Uh, I hope it's not too boring. It comes out once a week. So I think that'll be good. It'll be, yeah. you know, you'll and be they're nice kind of short, like 25 minute yeah. episodes. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so yeah. What was that? What was the process like of recording it? Cause it seems like it must've taken some, some time to get all that, uh, all that recording. done. Yeah. Um, we did it, I think over two days. Mm-hmm. Um, one day was literally me talking for eight hours straight and a lot of honey and hot tea that day. And then, um, and then the next day, I got to hang out and play with a bunch of really funny people, which yeah. is which is really fun. Um, so for for you, you know, why, this um, this idea of the wave and, and everything getting wiped out did that uh, did that appeal to you because you are particularly um, addicted to technology, or are you kind of scared of technology? What's your relationship with you know with your phone? How how addicted would you say you? You, you know, are? that's interesting. I really like without wasting paper. I like to keep. Uh, like an analog, you know, library of, of things that are important to me. So I, I shoot, um, a lot of like film photography, Mm. uh, because I really like, I, first of all, I, I think it is a bygone, wonderful time where you, take a picture of someone and then wait like three months and be like, Oh, why did that look like? Yeah. Uh, and, and I like having a camera around and just like taking pictures of my friends and situations and then being surprised mm-hmm. a month later when, when it comes, that's just a really joyous feeling to me. So mm-hmm. I have a lot of photos like that. I try and do that. I try and take a camera to every important or fun event so that I have mm-hmm. that. So it's not all just on my phone. And when you go to get them developed, people are like surprised. What are you doing? Yeah, what is There's this? like two places that you can get <laughs> stuff developed these days. It's yeah. really crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, a lot of this, a lot of my work lives only digitally because like a lot of stuff that I've made never got put on a DVD, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, I don't, it, it's that, that would be sad. If it's things like, get, if <laughs> the idea of things getting wiped out. Yeah. I mean, you know, I guess part of the reason anybody does television or movies is so that they can some way live forever, you know? Mm, yeah. Uh, so that would be sad if my plan didn't work. Yeah. But is there another part of you that would welcome, you know, a, a break from, from all of this stuff? Absolutely. I remember like a week and a half ago, it'll be like three weeks ago for the people who are listening, um, that like Instagram was down and everyone was like, oh no, Instagram's down. And then they just like <laughs> live their lives for yeah, a day. Yeah. And that was just so... I think it was both. I think it was Instagram and mm-hmm. Twitter. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what? This should be a planned outage. Mm-hmm. Like on Sundays, there should just be no yeah. Instagram and Twitter. That would be nice. And then you can just like take a breath and not feel bad about your body for like a day. Yeah. That's how <laughs> I know? feel. That's how I feel about planes. Um, I really enjoy going on planes and not having internet, even oh, though now you, yeah, you, you can. can get internet, yeah. but I kind of convinced myself and pretend that you can't. Yes. Yeah. Um, I also do that because it's too expensive sometimes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's too expensive. It doesn't work. Yeah. If you tr- if you do get it. Yeah. So yeah. So just like having six hours of of no internet. Is, you know what is I like nice. is that some some airlines do the thing where you can have you don't you don't have to pay for being able to get text messages. Oh yeah. That's I think it's like one. JetBlue who like, does so that, and that's text. nice because yeah. then you can communicate with people <laughs> with no with, distractions. With yeah, and then just I don't know, watch the movie on the tiny screen or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think this this podcast kind of falls in the genre of uh, dystopian fiction in in some mm-hmm. ways. Yeah, totally. Are you, are you a fan of that uh, of that genre? You know, I 
Uh, I'm going to say yes slash no, because yeah. I feel like we have a fascination with dystopia. Like we just do. We like to see how, can I curse on this? Yeah. yeah. How fucked up things can get. Mm-hmm. And I guess maybe some people use it as a warning um, mechanism. Um, but I think it's also, I don't know. It's, I, I just, maybe I used to like it more than I do mm-hmm. now. I because think it's a little too real. Yeah. Now. Like I just, I just decided sometime like a year ago that I, that I was just done watching bleak shit. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just, it's no handmaid's the, tale. For no. You. no. And yeah. I, and I recognize that it's well done and I recognize that they're doing something important, but like too many rapes. I just don't yeah. want to see it. Yeah. I just, my, my brain and eyeballs can no longer see it. Mm-hmm. I just have no capacity for mm-hmm. it. And that's me personally. I, I, this all, that particular subject just kind of went a little bit nuts on my Twitter, which is such a douchebag thing to say, but I wrote a thing about how I was like done watching rape on TV mm-hmm. and it exploded and went really viral, which yeah. I did not expect. And what kind of responses did you get? I got most, mostly like a lot of people agreeing, mm-hmm. like so many people agreeing. And then some people were like, well, but you can't censor people. You can't just say that it can't be done. And I was like, in no way was that yeah. what I was saying. Please continue to, mm-hmm. to make whatever you want to make, especially if you're a survivor telling your story, mm-hmm. which is never the case <laughs> with someone depicting rave on TV. But, uh, but yeah, I just, I just, uh, Personally, my eyeballs cannot anymore. So, and not only is it, uh, you know, sexual violence uh, related, but just in general, like when the world sucks, like why am I going to take my free time, my like precious hours of free time and like watch something that makes me mm-hmm. sad or feel even more bleak than the rest of the day does, you know? Yeah. Well, you definitely should not watch Years and Years, which is uh, that HBO show <laughs> I, that came out. Uh, I know. A I heard I heard that it was good though it is i watched it it's it's good but it it is dark yeah yeah and it's like it's so close to home yeah like in handmaid's tale it's kind of like you're removed from it a Mm -hmm. little bit like it's this alternate universe this is like our universe where trump has been reelected, and like it's it's like four years into the future so like starts like four years in the future and then Uh, keeps going out from there and things broke my heart a little bit just hearing you say that yeah it's it's rough i mean it's entertaining but it's it's tough to watch but i think but i mean this show this podcast ellie and the wave is is so much more personal yeah it's it's not not about that at all there's actually zero bleakness in it yeah uh, which i like um, it's 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 really about a person reexamining her life mm-hmm. through through actually sitting down and watching watching it from birth to present day and like going she live streamed a lot and insta storied a lot mm-hmm. so a lot it's like a lot of everyday stuff and like she examines her relationships with people and like goes through her old texts and stuff and goes like oh I thought this went this way and it like absolutely mm-hmm. did not go that way it went this way you know um just the it's really about hindsight and like what that can mm-hmm. do have you had that experience of going back and seeing something like, totally yeah oh totally i used to if i back when i like instant messengered a lot mm-hmm. you know i used to save chats that i thought were monumental in my life most of them were like chats with my then boyfriend or something mm-hmm. about you know 
some some fight, some incident, some messenger <laughs> argument. And I've gone and I've found them and I've been like, I was so right. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> mostly it's me feeling that I was right. Yeah. It's hardly ever me feeling that I was wrong. <laughs> but I'm sure that has happened at some point or another. Yeah. Um, so something else that I wanted to ask you about, um, I hadn't seen this when it, I hadn't read it when it came out, but I was really moved by your essay, um, that you wrote about coming out as queer, mm, um, I think a couple of years ago. Um, so why, why did you want to do that? And how are you kind of feeling about your decision to, to make that statement now that it's been a little bit? Um, I feel really great about it. Um, I'm really, really happy that I did it. Um, I think what made me do it was just that I I had so for so long uh been I was out with my friends like mm-hmm. every everybody except for like some family members <laughs> did not know mm-hmm. right uh I mean knew everybody except for some family members knew so I was living this life normally and then sort of publicly because I'm a private person and you know not only do I assume people don't care but I also don't want them to know anything about me mm-hmm. whatsoever um, the worst thing I can imagine is some stranger having some familiarity with my life that mm-hmm. makes me feel <laughs> so weird. Like if someone's like, Hey, I saw your mom on a thing and I don't know them. That would, yeah. that would make me want to crawl out of my skin. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just was like, I can be this, I can be a supporter, um, of LGBTQ plus rights and, and, from afar like i mm-hmm. i don't have to say that i'm a part mm-hmm. of this community to to support it um and then i realized that um i did yeah. <laughs> i did have to say that i was a part of it because because there were people that were seeing me on tv and because i there was a movie coming out that i was doing called battle of the sexes where i was playing an, a lesbian woman mm-hmm. um and it was a that movie was very much about it's about Billie Jean King and and uh, the Battle of the Sexes, where yeah, she. I love that movie, and you're you're great in it. Thank you. Uh, and 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 her coming to terms with her sexuality is such a huge part of that movie. And I really was like, I felt like kind of a hypocrite if I was about to do all this press and and mm-hmm. not be like, you know, not say mm-hmm. that. So I and and I remember I was thinking about myself as a kid and. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you know when Crystal Pepsi was discontinued? What was in Al Capone's vault? Or which famous meteorologist is Lenny Kravitz's second cousin? If not, then you haven't spent enough time on Wikipedia. But that's okay, because you can learn it all on the new podcast, WikiHole, from Smartless Media. Discover the craziest rabbit holes on Wikipedia with host and friend of the last laugh, Darcy Carden, and her favorite comedian friends, as they bring the cyber frontier directly to your tympanic membrane. And if you listen to WikiHole, you will learn that's the sciencey term for eardrum. Wikihole is a hyperlink roller coaster, starting out on one Wikipedia page and then going from link to link to link to link, careening through trivia, oddities, and unexpected connections until everyone wonders, how the hell did we get here? Follow Wikihole on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can listen to Wikihole ad free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Like you know, watching Buffy and watching Xena, <laughs> and uh, and if any of those people, like how important that uh, that Sarah Michelle Gellar, uh, Selma Blair, in Cruel Intentions kiss was to me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. if any of those people had been like, "Hey, I'm I'm queer. I I don't I'm not straight. I mm-hmm. and I'm normal, and my life is happy and healthy, and people still love me, and you're gonna be fine." If anybody had said that, my teen years would have been dramatically easier mm. and yeah. different. Not not only because of you know ex- ex- like exterior pain inflicted upon me, but in mm. interior stuff. Like how much I beat myself up for what I thought was weird or bad mm-hmm. um, or sinful or you know or not normal or whatever. And so I I was like, God, if I can. If there's some kid that likes something I did or an adult that has, still hasn't come out or an adult who's a parent to a kid or, or whatever, if there's one person that will feel a little bit more normal and a little bit more understood by this, then it's a thousand times like worth doing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And you and you wrote the essay for um, the Smart Girls mm-hmm. website, Amy which, Polar's is, yeah, yeah. which is really um, geared towards younger yes. uh, girls and young women. Um, so did you did you hear from people um, you know after you did it that after you wrote that? Yeah, I heard from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I heard from a lot of people who uh, decided to come out after that. Um, I heard a lot from a lot of people who um, had already come out and had been shunned by their communities. I heard from a lot of people who were too afraid to come out um, and and were so thankful to have just somebody else to talk to about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, I live in LA most of the time. And I think when you live in like a big city like LA or New York, you feel like kids in schools are gay and it's normal now and it's not a big deal. But that is not the case in most places in America or most places in the world, you know, especially not the case for Latino kids and Latino families who are mostly religious. And, um, and so it's, it's a, you forget how important it is mm-hmm. to still do that. I mean, like, 
you know, yeah. And, and to also, and to also put that representation on TV, like I, I just did this NBC series called Abby's where the lead character was the first bisexual lead of any network show ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And was that any network comedy? uh, Yeah. Was that the way it was written or was that part of your influence on it? Um, I think it was both. Uh, Mm -hmm. the, the creator had the idea to, he asked me if I would be open to do it. And I was like, Oh my God. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, because we wanted to make it a normal thing and like just one of the many, many things about her. I just think that that's really important to see. Like Will and Grace directly affected so many like actual policy change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like Will and Grace affected Don't Ask, Don't Tell. It's we we move culture, but like art moves culture forward yeah. because we normalize things. And uh, and and and, you know, if you hadn't ever met a gay person and you watched will and grace then they weren't so foreign to you Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's that thing people always say that when they have a gay person in their life they think about it so differently so this is like exactly if you don't have someone in your life then you have these characters on on tv TV that you get to know exactly yeah i mean uh unfortunately abby's uh was canceled recently yeah so much for diversity (laughs) were you you were were you pretty disappointed about yeah i was really disappointed uh it sucked it sucked really hard um i mean i i I think we did a really great thing and I'm really proud of what we did. And I'm so happy I got to work with all of those people. Um, I think if I'm being honest, it's bullshit to, 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 uh, to tout, you know, all of these firsts and all this inclusion and Mm -hmm. all this, um, Mm -hmm. like diversity push and then not market the show whatsoever at all and not give it a chance at all. I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I was told this. It's the it was the first show in the history of NBC that got zero outdoor marketing. Wow! So that tells you something. Yeah. Um, not that I'm not thankful for the people who put it on the air. I just mm. feel like, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna say that you're about diversity, then actually, like, you know, mm. walk the walk. You yeah. know. Yeah. So you have this podcast coming out. What else, what um, do you have anything else coming up that you're really excited about, or things that you really want to do, or um, just kind of? Yeah, um, I, yeah, I, I, I'm in this weird crossroads moment where, uh, I, I really want to do my own stuff, mm-hmm. and I can either like focus on other people's work, you know, other people's mm-hmm. uh, creations, and and act in them, or direct in them, or direct them. Um, but I kind of, I've been amassing this huge pile of, of stuff that I've written, uh, and that me and my writing partner and best friend, Serena Fiala have written that we're really excited about making. Mm -hmm. So, um, so there's that I'm directing a bunch and I'm writing a bunch. So I'm excited about those things. Yeah. Um, before we kind of start to wrap up, I wanted to ask, um, if you have any good Parks and Rec stories that you could share with us because uh, oh. I think a lot of people know you from that show. I loved you on that show. Yeah, thanks. Um, when you think about your time on that show, what what uh, does anything come to mind? Um, there's a few things. I mean, that was so lovely. It was my favorite show before I was on it. Mm-hmm. Um, to get on it, I did a they you know the audition was to play Aziz's new love interest, and to do it i i did an impression of aziz at my audition <laughs> um did that make it into the show i don't remember no they were like that was great don't do that <laughs> um and uh and so that was fun but yeah i mean like it was just such a fun group of people and mike sure obviously who i worked with again on abby's is like 
a hero. Yeah. He's so he's a special guy. He's so not only is he amazing at what he does, he's amazing. He's an amazing person. Mm-hmm. So just working with him in general, I I will do as long as he will have me for the rest of my life. He's just awesome. Um and yeah, I mean like Chris as far as funny memories like Chris Pratt it like everything really hilarious that you saw on screen was him ad-libbing it was him Mm -hmm. making something up um i mean the writers were obviously unbelievable as they've all gone on to do other really great things but chris pratt would always just find this gold in the andy character that was like so Mm -hmm. amazing um yeah they were it was really fun amy poehler would have like like really like really filthy rap dance parties uh <laughs> after lunch in the makeup and hair trailer where like that was a scheduled part of the day it was like mm-hmm. 10 minutes of dancing yeah uh after lunch which is an amazing way to get your energy back after yeah. the lunch slump you that's know that's not typical of most uh, sets i imagine no i mean <laughs> no but if you're amy poehler you can make shit happen and that's a good thing to make happen it was really fun i mean she totally made my day when she asked me to dance once <laughs> great <laughs> yeah that's great. Um, you also you're in uh, a movie out now, uh, Stuber. Yeah, which is really fun. Yeah. Um, is there anything when you uh, your time on that that uh, that comes to mind? Um, stories or, or memories from making it? Um, yeah, I mean, it stars Dave Bautista and Kumail Nanjiani, and uh, and and um, it's. I mean, Betty Gilpin's also in it, although I didn't act with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, we never had any scenes together. We did see each other a couple times on the set because we shot in Atlanta, but we never had any scenes together. We'd spent the most time together uh, doing like uh, the junkets and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so many people asked us the same exact questions. Oh, really? Everybody was like, I, when you do a press junket, you you sit in a hotel room and then there's a rotating like caravan of uh of really nice, nervous people who yeah. are interviewing you. I've, I've been those people, it's, so I, I yeah, know what it's like. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think I think a lot of people are, I don't know, the people that maybe since you've been those people, you know, like maybe people are mean. I don't know what it is, but we were <laughs> really like, it's okay, guys. <laughs> this is fun. We're all doing it together. Yeah. It's going to be great. Um, but they'd all ask us, every single person was like, so what's your, what's your craziest Uber, ride? Uber story. Yeah. Uber story, ride share mm-hmm. story. And so we said our stories and it, like how many crazy stories can you have? Yeah. Right. Or the craziest. Mm-hmm. So we would, we said it about six times, each of us. And then we looked at each other in between a thing and we were like, I dare you to make up yeah. one. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> Let's make up crazy ones. So we, about like, I don't know. The the next five interviews, <laughs> all of our all of our Uber stories are completely made up and just for the purposes of making each other yeah. laugh. Uh, and it was really that was really really fun. Did any of them make it into print or on TV that you saw? Or, I'm right? not Probably. sure yet, but I'm sure. I mean, they were all <laughs> going to go somewhere. So yeah, I did not take an Uber with Nicolas Cage. That's a lie. Okay. For anyone out there who read that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was a lie. That I sounds like a great story. Right? <laughs> and then the whole the whole key was to make it up like in the, on the spot. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was very, very it's like funny. like an improv game. Yeah, it was very yeah. funny. It was nice. very funny. Because we knew the question was coming and then we'd get so excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, we end every episode by asking the guests, uh, what's the last thing that made you laugh really hard? Ooh. Um... Good question. 
my my best friends and I had like a a nineties night uh, mm-hmm. where we we watched. We watched First Wives Club, which we I had never seen, uh, which is very funny. Yeah. I did not know how funny it was. <laughs> There's this really amazing scene where um, I think it was I recorded it. I'll show you later okay. where where they are. They are trying to hide. For, I guess there's no spoilers. This movie is like 25 no, years old. I think you're safe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they are trying to hide uh, from some people by by going out on a balcony and then they they get in like a window washing machine situation, right? Um, and they Diane Keaton looks over the balcony and is so freaked out by the height that she throws herself back and her glasses uh, go all the way to the back of her head and then land back perfectly <laughs> on her face. And it's an obvious like mistake that yeah. happened. And and it's so funny to see. And uh and she's very overdramatic and Bet Midler is trying very hard not to break while looking yeah, at you her. It's very funny. Um but so then after that we we watched we like put on just a YouTube uh playlist of nineties music videos mm-hmm. and they're so funny. Some of them are so, some of them that I haven't seen in in so long are are so funny. Um, there are some dance moves in in Sync's "I Want You Back" mm-hmm. that are, I mean, gold. Like you should watch it. It's so funny. Um, so that's the last time that was like a couple those days are, ago. Those are two good recommendations. Yeah, First Wives was, Club and In Sync. It was a very funny night. I laughed really, really hard. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Well, uh, well, thank you so much for coming thank and you. doing this today. Yeah, thank you. All I'm right. happy to be here. Thanks again to Natalie Morales for dropping by the studio today. The first episode of her podcast, Ellie and the Wave, is available now wherever you get your podcasts. And the next episodes will continue to roll out every Thursday. You can also see Natalie opposite Dave Bautista and Kumail Nanjiani in the movie Stuber, which is playing in theaters now. If you enjoy this show, please tell your friends and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Wilstein and at TheDailyBeast.com. The Last Laugh is distributed by Himalaya Media for The Daily Beast. It is produced by Jason Smith and Scott Porch for Starburns Audio and edited by Mackenzie Mazell. Our theme music is by Claude, who you can find on Instagram at Claude.mp3. You can find the show every week on Apple Podcasts, the Himalaya app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can find show notes and highlights from each episode on thedailybeast.com. We'll be back with a brand new full-length episode on Tuesday. 